Welcome to Eschelbell Tolls, the thrilling actual play podcast that takes you on an epic adventure through a world of mystery, monsters, and magic. With each episode, experience heart-pumping excitement and immerse yourself in a story that will leave you on the edge of your seat. Are you ready to embark on the journey of a lifetime? Welcome to Eschelbell Tolls. You guys have started to congregate around the tent. And I would say by this time since... Your character who does. Since Amanita has been talking with Antony, um, you walk back towards the tent and he starts walking with... He trails behind a little more and more because he's thought of something, grabs his notebook and is starting to scribble inside. But you know he's on his way. Uh, if you want to continue with the group, you can. That's fair. Uh, you'll know, though, that um, he would have seen the two wolf folk off to the side having their moment. Um, and you would have known that no one is now outside except for them. Everyone has moved into the tent. And in the case of Bruno, I will leave it up to you if you are waiting for your mercenary partner or if you've gone inside the tent with everyone else. I'm probably waiting for Amanita. Okay. Because I'm, I'm in that mode where it's, I want to make sure everyone is safe. Yeah. Um, are we sure that the tent is the safest place to be? It's the, it's the place that um, Vorgom has decided is where we're going to meet. Okay. And a guy as big as he is, even if this is unsafe, a guy as big as he is, if he says this is where we're meeting, you're probably going to end that meeting. That's there. true. That's true. <laughs> uh, good point. Um, it's also probably the only spot that has enough cover to protect us from the elements. Right. That was the chief reason for him. Amanita's gonna, like, face the wolf kid, realize they're having a moment, face you, face the tent, face back to the wolf kin, <laughs> waffles for a minute, like, oh. do I interrupt the moment? Do I leave them alone? I don't want them to get attacked. I don't know where the source of danger is. I don't know if it's gone. It's nearby. Right. So she's kind of, like, gonna do that awkward shuffle, like, I don't know what to do. Right. Okay. Are you doing anything? I, I see the waffling, and I, I shake my head a little bit. I just walk up to Amanita. Probably go in the tent. Should we tell them that we... I don't... We need to keep everyone together. I know. It's at this point... As terrible as it is. Oh, no. Oh, you two. We're going in the tent. Hurry up what you're doing and let's get inside. This coming from the guy that was literally pouring over his notebook as he's saying this. So he's, he's not even necessarily moving himself. He's just yelling at them to get in the tent. No. Oh. Just hands over eyes like, can you please? Do, are you looking Bruno, at him at this point? Bruno does turn and look at him. Again, sword's still in hand because mm-hmm. he's in protective protection mode. Just looks at him like, Are you that dense? Make an awareness roll. Three. Three? With that roll, you can see plain as day. He's not listening to you. But you also see plain as day even with the Aurora Borealis overhead, he stopped writing. He's looking down at the ground, 
just be on the notebook. Oh dear. Can I investigate that? What is he looking at? He's looking at something in the snow. Is it red? It's not red. From this distance, I would say that you wouldn't be able to see. He's probably 15 yards away. So he's looking, whatever's in there is flush under the snow, but at his angle, he might be able to see it looking straight down. Um, and you see him kind of crouch a little bit, straighten. He starts looking and wheeling around and he sees the giant spiked formation. Oh no. And he's he's walking slowly. He walks towards the backside of the tent this time. Are you following or what are you doing? Um, Anthony. He's not even listening. He goes around the backside of the tent. He's walking quietly now, thankfully. But he is walking back around the backside of the tent. Stumbles a little bit as he reaches the cloth. Stumbles. Sees the red that you saw in the snow, or the dark in the snow. At this point, it's just frozen. It's not even red anymore. It's dark. Staggers backwards. His hands, he doesn't know what to do with his hand at this point. So he starts brushing off his, his chest repeatedly. He starts walking around that dark pattern and walks around and trips. If you're following him... From a distance. From a distance. You would see him go behind the tent and you would hear him stumble and fall into the snow. I've probably at this point, as insensitive as it is, I've gotten close enough to the, to the wolf, uh, mm -hmm. to the two uh, wolf people, and I very calmly tell them, I know there's a lot going on right now. I need you with us because I can't, I can't lose you too. To what took whoever, whoever was what? close to you. There's a child. Don't say anything. If, however you want to do that, you can re, you can re walk okay. back if you'd like. How would you like to say it instead? Um, I need you, I need you two to come be with the group where it's safer, where we know what is around us instead of what we don't know is around us. Fair. So, seeing that and hearing that, Mama Wolf folk finally relinquishes a grip on her daughter and holds cups her daughter's face in her own paws. They look at each other for a minute and you see this, even though you're not necessarily that close. You're, I would imagine you're at one side of the tent. Are you more invested in them or in Antony? Waffling, but probably more focused on them for a moment. Like, please be sensitive In that child. moment, in that moment, you see Mother and daughter, boop, snoots together. <gasps> oh, precious. This, this familiar, you feel it's familiar. You don't know that it's, you don't know their culture, but you know at least in that much, it is something that's very close, very familial and tender. Um, holding hands now, mother stands up and walks the daughter silently. And as she walks by the Aurora Borealis glinting overhead, you notice that even out here in the cold, um, and even with the fur on her face, the ice has started to form in trails down her snout. And she doesn't look at you. She is, she's almost regal in the way she carries herself at this point. But she goes into the tent silently and joins the rest of the group. Um, so back to Antony. 
Um, he is out of your view. And I would argue if you went into the tent with the group since you don't know what's happening, you would see this from the opening in the back of the tent. You would not because you're at the far corner. You can go around. Just though. Anthony, are we doing all right? <laughs> so I, I do, I do go into the tent. You're the I... cutest mercenary I've ever heard of, by the way. <laughs> when, when I do go into the tent, I, I am intentionally also looking at where, uh, Volgrim, Vorgon, Vorgon, Vorgon. Mm -hmm. I look at where Vorgon is, and I go to the opposite side because I know he. He, I, and Amanita are probably the three most capable. Yeah. I don't mean that in any offensive way to the rest of the group, but it's just one of those, like, mm, yep. I trust us three. <laughs> so I, I probably go to the uh, the opposite side of the tent so that I can make sure if anything's coming from that side that I can... At the opening, the ripped opening, or... Wh whatever the opposite side that Vorgon is at is where, ah, okay. is where I go. So he's going to be actually in the middle of the tent to the right as you're walking through the front flap. Okay. So I'm probably more on the left side of the tent. I'm probably closer to the opening, um, just to be sure, because that, that seems like the obvious direction that threats are coming from. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so you would be able to see what's happened. Um, as this is happening, I would even say that with the timing, I'm gonna kind of pull a little bit of a timing thing as he walks around the end and as he is helping them come inside. That's about the time that he walks around the corner of the tent by the opening and trips over something after seeing the, the dark spot in the snow. He trips over something and you see this. And for whatever, however you feel about that, this idiot or whatever you think, um, or if the emotion and vibe of the scene is so oppressive on you that you really don't care how stupid people look right now, he is on his hands and knees, pushing himself up from knee-deep snow. And he bolts up right to his feet and his hands are shaking. He goes to touch his chest and resists touching his chest. He looks at the rest of you, to the rest of the, the party. Where he looks in the direction of where anyone might be able to see and help him. And dark up his chest he hasn't you get the sense he hasn't been injured but there is something in the snow that he has fallen on top of that has now darkened his entire front from there you see him his eyes dart to the first place where he looked over the notebook his eyes dart over to this explosion of ice you see him start to walk over that way do you follow yeah, from a distance. Okay. It's at this point that we're going to cut to Vorgon. Everyone in the tent, the scale folk, the warforged, the wolf folk, all of them have seated around this little semicircle, supposedly leaving an opening for the three that are left out, out of the group to join them. But Vorgon kind of looks to you. Is your friend going to be joining us here? I don't know. Anthony is. Well, he's being Anthony. No, that tracks us. Un understandable. Hence why I'm not quite in the circle, but at least I can hear you. Right. Well, much as it pains me to say, I don't think that any of us are in any condition to travel. With the news that we have, this is not safe territory. I recommend that we head back to the mountain spire 
that just collapsed. Use some of the rubble to fashion some sort of shelter, or at least a windbreak, and set up a camp. Because this place... And he trails off at that point. His eyes get big, and he's just like... Bleh. And that's all he can manage to, to say at this point. Um, Wolfolk Mother is nodding. Just nodding silently, vigorously. They, don't, they do not want to be here. Um, Br Bruno hearing it too, he's... It's just a very slow nod, but he's keeping his eyes fixed on the opening because he, he does not trust. <laughs> At this point, you see the op the ripped opening, I'm assuming, is what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. You see every time, because it's so new, I wanted more time to be able to study this out, but Amanita, you see Amanita kind of shuffling by the opening, following Antony. You, as you're watching Antony, he trips and stumbles through snow, through ice, and you see him looking and scanning the ground actively now. I and, look at the ground too. Okay. I need you to roll. How would this work? I want you to roll your decision of any of the mind or soul attributes. So like awareness? Instinct, smarts, drive, or aware. I'm going to go with drive. Okay. Do it. Because that's <laughs> okay. a better roll for me. Mm-hmm. Four. You have a drive to pursue what it is that he's looking for. So opening yourself up, you're trying to see what's going on. Your your motivation right now is at peak level. You said four? Yeah. Okay. With that in mind, you're looking. You look at the spot where he first fell. There is a body in there. You know it's gone. You know there's no life there. And you know that for whatever reason, it is still you know, alive or recent enough, you could say, that the dark on the chest, on the body, is still fresh. Oh, no. Panic. I'm like, Anthony, Anthony, get back here. Anthony. <laughs> he, with your aware, or with your drive, I would say, your drive, you are not necessarily focused on what he's doing with his hands anymore, but you notice he's no longer just, <clears throat> excuse me, flicking or rubbing his hands. He's not touching his chest at all because of what's on there. You see him flicking his hands. You see him doing this. It's just a nervous tick until you start noticing. He's breathing heavily and you know he's counting. Oh no, he's counting bodies. Anthony, you need to get back over here. There's, and you hear him muttering to himself at this point. He spins to you and you see You've never seen a fear like this before, except for the people in your tribe that prompted you to build the best shield you could. Oh, no! His eyes are wild, pupils dilated. His mouth is gaping for words he wants to say, and eventually he does. There's supposed to be ten. There's supposed to be ten. I've counted. He spins around again, looks to the spiny ice formation, looks to the person he just identified, looks to the body he fell over. He looks over to... Even across the way, when you were walking forward through on the initial path, he seemed to have found some kind of disturbance that is now recalling that you didn't notice. There's supposed to be ten. I've got seven. There's three people that are missing. And at this point, he is looking across the ground and comes your direction, not looking at you, looking through you. He moves beyond you, brushes, hits your shoulder as he continues up the path. 
he's feeling, you notice him doing weird things with his feet through the snow. And as he moves forward, you see him doing the same motions that Vorgon was using to clear the path for you. He's trying to feel the earth, the packed ice and snow beneath. Mm -hmm. And as he's doing that, he sees that there's another path that's underneath covered by this fresh blanket. Um, he goes between the glacier wall, which is here. Um, excuse me, for you guys, it's over here. And the crane. He goes between those, and he starts coming around the bend of the glacier. Anthony, it's really not safe right now. He waves you off, and he peeks. He presses a hand against the glacial ice, leans over. Stands up. He's actually now wiped. He's wiped his chest again, and then immediately... Regrets it, rubs it across his pants instead. He starts waving a finger just around the bend of this glacier. There's an opening, and there's fresh tracks into the glacier. These are my people. I sent them up here. To, oh my gosh, you have conscience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dick with a heart. I shouldn't have said that in a weird way. But, yeah. Um, he's he's looking and, like, now he's waffling. For the first time, you've seen a crack in his armor. He was driven, focused, complaining. But now you see that he's now waffling between, what do I do? Do I wait for everyone else? Do I get their help? Or do I go by myself to try and salvage this mission? Hey, hey, hey. We have an excellent guide with us. We should go inform him of what's happened, what you found, and we should... Take his advice. He's our best chance at getting everyone out alive and recovering what we can. If he thinks it's not safe to do so, we should listen to him. I want you to roll for either empathetic or strong social stance. Okay. You can choose, but I'm going to encourage you to pick a stance at this point. I'm going to choose empathetic. Okay. Uh, do I add anything? Um, for that one, it depends on what stat you want to do. You could be empathetic, but if you're doing so and you use a brawn, that might not make much sense. Right. Brawn implies force. So for that, you can use your instincts, your smarts, your drive, or your awareness. Probably my drive. Okay. That'd be a four. Four? So with a four, we're actually going to cut to the group now. Okay. Um, it's at this point um, that... You in the tent, you've just conferred, you've had this decision. And people are now starting to look at Vorgon. He's been quiet for a while. He hasn't moved, no one has moved. But they're now just looking at him. And the construct is now even looking at him. Vorgon, isn't it time to move? And you, having noticed how he paused on the path up here, you know that he's being inspired again. I, I just look at the construct, um, wave my hand for a second, and just... She senses that as well, and, she, and now that she's... Everyone's off kilter, and because of that, you draw attention to that, and now she's back in sync. Mm -hmm. it, it's just that, that quick there, and then I... Um, for a second, because he... I'm in, I'm in a kind of... Not deranged and crazed is the wrong word right like off kilter is probably the right way yeah yeah um i just 
like to kind of recenter myself, but also kind of give that signal of, yeah, no, this is exactly what he's doing. I give that same signal that he gave, just the... That's that, good. That closed fist up, just... And then I, like, roll my hand forward, like the kind of let him cook kind of... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, I got you. Okay. Um... <laughs> All right. Vorgom, legs crossed, hands over his elbows, really leaning into this, trying to just tune into what it is that he's experiencing. <sighs> kind of comes back into himself, and the the construct is rubbing his back, trying to bring him back. You know how when people dissociate, you bring them back with tactic tactile stuff. She's doing the same. Um, so when he when he starts gasping. Bruno, very or as calmly as he can, mm -hmm. given the situation as a whole. And by the way, the two wolf folk have reacted negatively to this, kind of backing away a little bit, shirking, because they know the spiritualness, the spiritual nature of this man, but he's never responded in that way. Yeah. But Bruno's just foregone. What did you see? Or would it be more accurate to ask, what did you hear? Stories come to life. And his eyes are now as crazed as Antony's. And it's at this point that, Antony, you two outside, you're caught between this opening in the glacier and the hole in the ground. But all of you here... I, how does Antony react to what I said? Antony looks to you, looks to the tent. All right. And he starts stepping forward before something screams inside the glacier. Oh, no. He immediately whips around. Velia! And he darts inside. Oh, why? It's at this point that we hear and feel that same growl, but this time the ice beneath your feet, along the glacier, reverberates like a bell. You see, no. as you, you stagger forward and a, a chunk of ice actually roll a movement. I need you to roll a movement. Four. Four? Well, you, sit five. You, okay, good. Because <laughs> as surprising as it was to me to kind of discover that on the fly, how this happens, you barely have a moment to recognize what's happening and instinctually you know that idea and you step back just as an ice fragment smashes into the ground, probably weighing over 400 pounds. Um, you stagger away as the glacier itself spider webs <laughs> throughout the entire structure. The face of this glacier is breaking apart. Um, as this happens, the entire party inside the tent, you see two wolf folk cowering howling in fear. The construct is struggling to get to her feet, wibble-wobbling on her staff. Um, scale folk is now almost rolling. He rolls backwards with the shaking that's happening and just kind of falls backwards over his own cushion. Um, you, I need you to make a movement check to stay on your feet. That's fair. 
It was going to roll over onto a four, but it hit the side. Do you want me to re-roll it? Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still a four. Still a four. It's destiny. So you... <laughs> minus, you are, minus one, so it would be a three total. As but. powerful as whatever this is, is, you manage to stay on your feet. And not only that, with a four, because it is movement, you're able to move around the room. The moving, the shaking is not stopping. It's not getting easier, but it's not stopping either. There are spider webs now. You feel the earth. You know what it feels like to walk across frozen ice on a lake. This is exaggerated. It is massive amounts of ice beneath you that are fragmenting. Are you moving, and what are you doing? So, the first thing that I do is I actually pro I probably move in the direction of the uh, the lizard folk guy, and I f uh, flip my blade upside down mm. and pull it to the flat and stab it right behind him. <laughs> so he stops so he, rolling. So he can <laughs> bounce on it, just stabilize him. You're gonna be okay. Oh yeah, I know that now. What's going on? Something's moving in the ice. And that's when we're gonna cut back outside. You are the only one outside at this point. Have I been separated from? You are not separated. You have a clear path to the tent. In fact, at this angle, Wait, you no, can- from Antony. From Antony? Which- You have to go around this enormous ice boulder that's now in front of you. But if you go inside, you are leaving behind your party with a structure in front of you that is collapsing. Yeah. I'm making sure you're aware of that as a player. What do you want to do? I run towards the tent screaming, run, run! Okay. So as that's happening, at this angle, as you approach, you're actually coming into a spot where you have a direct line of sight to everyone in the tent. You hear your partner screaming, run, run! And it's at this point that a shockwave of air and almost kinetic force that is so powerful it moves the air itself, shoves you against the glacier, away from the opening where the crane has its rope hanging. And as this is all happening, as you guys are, you're gathering your feet, you're still on your feet. If you, I don't know what you're doing at this point, but I will give you an opportunity, each of you, to do something at this point, knowing that the force of this earthquake is coming from the 30-foot opening in the ground. What are you doing? I'm trying to get the wolf mom and the girl out and, like, away. Okay. That'll take some time for you to sprint. It'll take, I would say from here, it'll take your full capacity to move. Okay. So... The way that movement works in this game is going to be very similar to other larger systems. But I will argue, too, that if you spend your movement, you can get there in time. Do you want to spend your movement points to get there and move them? Yes. Okay. How many points do you have and how many do you want to move? One. Okay. So I will say um, make one ro uh, movement roll and then we will add that multiplier. Let's see. Four. Four. Four to a fact, okay, so you definitely get there in time because we're going to be spending that and adding it to your result, not just on top of the modifier for a total of six, okay? So for your your capacities have almost done all, well, time and a half, 1.5, more than super capable at this point. This surge of adrenaline, you've been knocked off to the side, and as you look and you feel the reverberating power from this hole, you look towards the tent, you see the opening there, you see the mother and daughter howling, screaming in their culture, in fear, yelping. And the girl looks to the mother, buries her face in her mother's chest, 
Um, you're sprinting. You shove yourself off of this glacier and you're running. The ground is still shaking, but with that movement, it completely nullifies it. You get to the group, you help them get up. All of you shift back outside. And as you guys get far enough away, you come out of the beaten path where this camp was initially established. And as you do, you turn and look, and those shock waves was the sound of hundreds of tons of ice being shoved out of the way at once as a large triangular white shape bursts up through the hole. It is not, it doesn't encompass the entire hole. This is a 30 foot wide hole. But just this one point is probably five to 10 feet across and 15 feet wide or long, excuse me. It is a spike of white scaled texture that comes up and then arcs down to face you. As you look at this thing, the front side, the underside of this pointed, almost arrowhead shaped thing falls down a little bit, exposing teeth that are as long as your forearm. Two slitted ice blue eyes open on either side of this triangular shape and two nostrils flare open with jets of not steam but frost and two wide webbed formations on the side of this creature's head flare and go wide you are looking at a white dragon and it's at this point that I'm going to ask you what would you like to do? He uh, has not attacked. He is looking at you. That's it. Um, do I have the mother and child? Like you do. They're I've under. Got... They're under your protective cap. <laughs> uh, I like usher them to continue on, and I turn back around and just kind of like hands out. I'm not sure what to do about it. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. sort of a... Um, you're good, you're good. We mean not to disturb you. Go ahead. So Bruno seeing this, he's still got the, the lizard guy next to his sword. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he's just like... He's like, do you trust me? Oh no. Um, what are you thinking? I'm sorry, I'm just going to do it. Grabs him, throws him to Vorgom. <laughs> Okay, Vorgum will catch him. Let me actually see. <laughs> knowing, I just want to see how this goes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll. Actually, he's red. He's red. That's a one. So he goes to catch him. Actually, he doesn't even notice. The guy hits his shoulder and spins off, lands in the snow, skittering towards no. the giant, the giant reptilian snake-like form. And at this point, the scale folk guy trembling slowly like if you're looking down the face of a t-rex on jurassic park slow pushes himself up looking up at this thing i, I thought vorgon was farther away from him than me. <laughs> so you threw him you threw him just fine the problem was he didn't catch him that's fair that's the difference so I mean, it has just, nothing just, to do with your capacity he's just oh, crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so everyone has frozen at this point knowing that he's there even the wolf folk no one is moving and at this point, the dragon t 
takes a breath. It would be wise for none of you to move. I only wish to speak. Yeah, Br Bruno just like, he, he gives a look of his eyes, not wanting to move, especially because a giant dragon right. has told him not to. <laughs> but he, he gives a look of his eyes that kind of like signals a, a bit of a nod, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let me come up here. I'm just gonna, I want to make sure that I have my dialogue here ready to go. It's at this point that this enormous dragon who's waving his head back serpentine style back and forth as if he's trying to warm up muscles that he hasn't been using in quite some time. Um, you see he kind of starts. Even moving his head causes the air to ripple. He is a massive creature. Turns his head around to look behind himself as Antony, you, you look and see the small, tiny little dot speck form of Antony at this distance, walking out from behind him saying, we mean you no harm. And at this point, Gilathon, the benevolent, would you permit me to go and be with my party? Gilathon, the dragon, cocks his head, waves him forward silently. And still with his hands up, this, this guy is an image of patheticness. Snot completely <laughs> drenching the front of his, still scarf in front of his face, ears blood red, hobbling, tripping over himself to come through the snow. And finally reaches, I would say, um, the side of the scale folk. Um, and <sighs> it's at this point that he gets to the rest of you. What are you Idiots, doing? get down. You're supposed to bow. This is Gilathon, the benevolent. He's older than the recorded time. Prostrate. And he gets himself down on the ground. I, uh, I kneel. <laughs> Hands still up? I guess out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair. That's where I was at. Bruno's just very frozen. Mm-hmm. Because Gilathon, the dragon, told him not to move. He doesn't really care <laughs> That's about fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> The dragon rolls his head around again, and the ground shudders again as he, you feel, I don't know if you, as a kid you ever played with ice puddles as a kid when you lift your finger and just trace, like, paths of destruction through the ice. Oh, of course. That is exactly what he's doing, but it's on a scale that you cannot imagine. The ice is over ten feet thick. So, as one arm flicks up into the air, throwing a spray of snow and ice, pressing gently on top of the ice, he does not want to collapse as he gets a better holding of himself on solid ground. Another arm comes up and down. Two arms now above ground. You have not yet seen his wings, but they are tucked behind him, you suppose. More guests. Tell me one thing. 
and I may yet let you live. What are your names? And he looks to you, frozen. Doesn't break eye contact, settles on you. So, Bruno at this point actually stands taller and hooks his sword back onto his back, puts his hands in front of him. I am Bruno. I do not have a surname. He kind of cocks his head again, his eyes narrow, and you notice the slitted eyes actually dilate a bit as the first signs of anything but hostility come across this dragon's face. It is unusual. In my time, I have seen men such as yourself proudly proclaiming their surname. I have a complicated past. It's something I wish to leave behind. <laughs> no past is left. It is only ever a shadow. Well spoken. And he, at first he seemed amused by that comment, but almost in like a consultory way. The, smi the slight smile disappears as he says that to you and becomes completely stoic. Looks to you. How many Floydies? The Jeff Cap. So we are cold. <laughs> Try not to breathe too closely. Gives you a side eye. <laughs> <laughs> you, giant. Vorgon stands up tall. And in a simplicity and a power that almost seems like it shouldn't belong in one person but is perfectly blended, he stands proud, chest out, hand across his heart. Fulgum, I am chief of the Everfrost Druids. And it's at this point that Gilathon really cocks his head to one side. I haven't seen your kind in this realm for many a year. And it's at this point that I need both of you to make an awareness roll. Because the dragon is is completely focused on Vorgum right now. Uh, Four. That's a Four. zero. Zero? <laughs> okay. Um, you are at the back of the group, I'm assuming, because you're trying to get the wolf folk out, but even they have frozen. They, have, they are still looking at this enormous being. You with a four. That's outside of modifiers? There's no modifier. Okay. I have plus zero. <laughs> you see Antony help the scale folk to his feet and slowly push him behind himself as he's looking up at this dragon. And before you saw him, you, not you, but you saw him reaching back to his left side for his book. He goes for his right behind oh, his back. No. And it's at this point that something, when he pulls his hand back out from behind his cloak, something deeply blue is glowing in his hand. It's not an it's not a magical or eternal spell. 
it is a solid object that is glowing blue. And it's at this point that the dragon is about to speak again when he holds this thing aloft and says, by the authority of the gods, I command you to stand down and let us pass. And it's at this point, the dragon, before he had cracked a moment of curiosity, and in seeing this gem, his eyes flare, pupils immediately go to slits, teeth bared, and he begins to snarl. Where did you find that? And it's at this point that Antony says, um, as he's holding this thing aloft, and he's not even looking at the dragon at this point, collects himself, and the arms of someone I loved. And it's at that point that the dragon snarls and begins to roar. And when he does, the scale folk immediately gets up to his feet and starts sprinting for the rest of the group. Um, Antony, still holding this thing aloft, um, suffers a blast of almost liquid nitrogen. Oh, man. Um, and if I'm going to show you the scale of what we're doing... We're not getting paid. This is a d20 I'm rolling, just to see damage with modifiers. Oh, e even if Antony survives this, we weren't getting paid. <laughs> That's fair. <coughs> it's Antony. Well, Let's be real. He might not pay you. He might pay me. Sure. So, ridiculous. The, you now see played out in real time what happened to the first person in the first spiral of ice energy. Oh, no. And... It's as if you can imagine what it would look like for a person to be impaled by a javelin. But imagine that that javelin is organic and moving and surrounding and encompassing and shifting around not just the target but through space to the point that this entity, the person that was inside the target blast, the ground zero, is forced apart by the sheer momentum and expansion of this ice. Antony has been ripped to shreds within a new, even larger spray of spiked ice. And caught in that crossfire is the scale folk. He, however, is frozen solid. It was not close enough to him to cause kinetic damage and pull him apart. But he is frozen entirely within ice. He's we're not getting him back. No. In the course of that happening, this is all happening in real time. Blast. The momentum of that blast forced Antony's hand to fly back, sending whatever rock, gem, whatever it is, flying through the air. So far, it lands at your feet. My feet? Oh no. Gilathon, the Benevolent, snarls. And he starts to bring himself up. You see the musculature of this dragon start to tremble as he's shoving himself. His wings are the thing that's preventing him from coming through now. And his hips. He's a big boy. 
So he's more ice. The glacier itself is now starting to collapse behind you, completely demolishing what was left of the base camp. Everything that you just spent time to investigate, everything that you saw is eviscerated by a collapsing glacier. And the dragon is still coming. It's at this point that you hear this enormous roar and speech at the same time. You are nearly deafened as he bellows. Give that back! Gladly! You go, do you pick it up? Um, I like, whip out a handkerchief, mm-hmm. gently scoop it up, and like, quickly am running towards him. As you reach down and, with this handkerchief, you try to grab it, there is an arc of blue energy, electrical almost, that instantly, not just goes through the cloth, but burns it as Ow. it hits your hand. Your world goes white. Cries, am I gone? Am I dead now? White as the tundra that you started seeing at the beginning of your mission today. Hey, thanks for listening to this presentation of Eshabel Tolls. If you'd like to support what we're doing, you can give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to our Kofi for as little as two bucks a month. When you do more than five bucks a month, you can submit a description for an NPC, an opposing adventurer, hero, or even a god to inhabit the world of the story. It's our little way of saying thank you for supporting and listening to our project. So thanks again. We'll see you the next time the bell tolls for our adventure.